it. So today, fasting, um, the journey is just beginning, is my title today. The journey is just beginning. Not to play on our church name. Um, that's one thing I love about our church name is we are all on a journey. A journey is not an overnight thing. It is something that takes place for, for days. And, and for us, takes us till Jesus comes back. Or we go to heaven and meet him before that happens. It's a journey. It's a process. But today I want to talk about the journey is just beginning. You know, there's two types of races that you can be involved in. There's, there's tons of different ways to do them. But the two I want to point out is there's a sprint like 100 meters, you know, different things like that, and then there are marathons. There's a huge difference between sprinters and marathon runners. Sprinters, their legs are the size of my whole body, and they are extremely fast, and then, uh, and then marathon runners are the whole size of my wrist. Two different types of people, two different styles, two different ways they do things. A sprint is a very short distance hard. It's about being the fastest. When you're in a sprint, you're trying to run as fast as you can to get to the finish line. Can I tell you something? This past fast was not a sprint. What we just experienced for the last 21 days or anything that you do in the walk of, with your walk with Jesus is not a sprint. It is not a we do it for a quick season and then it's over. No, this is a marathon, ladies and gentlemen. It is a process of fighting our mind. When you run marathons, you see them, their bodies cripple when they cross the line because they've pushed themselves to the max physically. When you run a marathon, you have to be mentally strong. In a sprint, it's, I see that, I'm going to get there as fast as I can. The marathon runner has to go, there's a finish line somewhere 23, 26 miles away from me. So I know that there's a destination. I don't see it every hour, but I know it's coming. And so they're constantly in a pace. You can talk to people that run. It's, it's, there's math to it, okay? There's math to how you run. You start off a certain way. By a certain mile, you need to go ahead and pick your pace up a little bit more. And again, the biggest thing for marathon runners is finishing the race. It's not necessarily about winning the race. Now, in the Olympics, it is to get a medal. But for the majority of marathons that are ran, the goal is to finish it. So if you're in a race, if you're in this marathon, don't look at other people around you as they pass you by or maybe you pass some, eventually you'll pass them back by. It's a process of finishing a race. Finishing a race. You have to constantly battle yourself. You are racing against yourself in a marathon. Sounds a lot like a Christian walk, a race against yourself, trying to win the war in your mind and stay on course. There are obstacles and there are times that the pace slows up. There are times that the pace speeds up. But again, we have to remember that there is a finish line coming. We, we had this message just a couple weeks ago. I try to reiterate messages and point them, bring them back up every so often so that it will be fresh in our minds. But we just talked about run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. Run to win. Have the tenacity in yourself to know I'm going to run this race to the best of my ability. Yes, I tripped and fell, but I'm getting right back up. And I'm, you don't, when you fall in a race, you don't go back to the start line. You pick right back up where you were and you continue to run. So many people think if they fall, they have to go all the way back to the start and then they quit. They just move the barriers and get off the course and go, I'm going to let them finish and I'll try again next time. But in this race that we're running, God doesn't send us back to the start line. You get up, dust yourself off and keep going. Keep pushing forward. Do not defeat yourself. 
The enemy wants you to get trapped in here so that you begin to just give up and quit on everything. So many people that have walked through these doors have been lied to by the enemy that when they messed up, their chance was over. Their chance is over and God's going, you're still at mile marker 18. You've lived, some people are living at their mile markers. You've, you have set up camp and you have stayed in a place where you think that you're in defeat and God's going, no, you're still in the race. You are still able to run this thing. You are still able to run this thing. And for some of you, you needed a season to be able to let the scales on your eyes fall off so that you could see that you're still in this thing to win. There's still a chance to continue to pick up the pace and to still pursue God. You will never, ever. You can, you can disqualify yourself. You can get off the course, but he, he, that's on you. God doesn't just go, you know what, I don't like them. Get them off my course. He paid a price so that you could enter the race and you could run after it. We've got to run in such a way that we run to win. So why are we talking about running after a fast? <laughs> the last thing on my mind has been getting back to the gym. I'm not going to lie to you. That is the last thing that's been on my mind because I know I'm going to be gassed the first couple days, but you got to start somewhere. So why are we talking about it? Because I wanted to, to, to reiterate that this was all part of a marathon, ladies and gentlemen. You just finished the first leg of the marathon of 2022. You just finished the first part of it. For some of you, you crawled to day 21 and said, I'm finished. A Jesus moment. It is finished. And then you never do anything spiritually the rest of the year. I did all of it in the first. I'm done. That was a big sacrifice. I mean, I slayed an elephant for you, Jesus. And then we just, we don't even pick up fasting again. We don't even think about it. We're like, man, I read my Bible for 21 days. I just need a, I need a break. The problem with breaks is you never get back. Ask gym memberships all over the country. <laughs> In the pockets going, scan me, scan me. And I'm not doing this to jump on anyone. I'm just trying to encourage you and let you know, like, listen, because I'm about to read a passage of scripture to you that I've even used during the fast, that I've used during the fast because God is wanting us to understand, Journey Church, that this is just the beginning. This is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that he wants to reveal to us as a church and to our community through Journey Church that we can't stop now. We cannot stop now. There are so many people relying on our race. In our pursuit of him. For some today, you've already quit. You've restored back to all the things you gave up for the fast. You spent 20, you have 24 hours in a day. You spent 14 of those back on social media yesterday, catching up on everything that you missed the last 21 days. Or you spent all day eating foods that you haven't had for 21 days. You spend all day just pouring all the juices out at your house because you don't want to see juice no more. <laughs> uh, oh, I just wanted to punt a juice bottle <laughs> yesterday. You spend all day catching up on those things, and you, you haven't even spent time with the Lord in the last two days. Personal time. Like, man, I was getting up every day, getting in the Word. I told you all before we started this thing, my very first fast, I prayed over the meal for 30 minutes. 
And then when I got done eating, we were laying on the couch. We were at Pastor Ferris's house, and he looked over at me, and I was almost crying. He's like, dude, you good? And I was like, I just realized today that I will not rely on the Lord tomorrow as much as I had to these last 21 days. And then in that moment, the Holy Spirit went, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? We cannot chalk up the fast to being a sprint. It was the beginning stages of what God wants to do and where he wants to take us to. It's a long-distance run. So let me encourage you today. You, you ready for some encouragement? You sure? Good. I promise all of this is encouragement. You know, tough love sometimes you don't want to hear it, but you know you need to hear it, right? Okay. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 1, and then I'll walk through some scriptures, okay? Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Aren't you, aren't you so thankful that the Lord like, gives you warnings before you walk into certain things? That's what today is. You ready? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God... Command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Can I, can I jump back? I feel like some of us missed it. After fasting, 40 days and 40 nights. After fasting, after fasting 21 days, the tempter comes along and says, hey, if you're really hungry, I got something for you. If you really were seeking for something to fulfill you the last 20 days, I got something for you. If you would just speak to this thing, it will become exactly everything that you need. And some of us have to be reminded today, don't speak to things we shouldn't be speaking to. Don't give a time of day to the things that we've already gotten out of our lives. Just because you fasted does not mean the fight is over. You thought that was temptation. Wait till you're really hungry for something. Yes, the enemy, and, and, and I'm going to talk about it in just a moment. He is cunning, okay? He is, he is one of those. He has got so much book smarts, but no common sense. He knows the word. He will try to twist it and manipulate. But he picked a time where Jesus was so spiritually heightened after fasting for 40 days and relying on God, why are you going to come mess with somebody right after they fasted? So in the same moment that I'm telling you, watch out, he's coming, I'm saying, hey, he's coming. Be ready to fight. Be ready to swing hands at him. Throw those hands and say, no, sir, you're going to try and tell me I'm going to get fulfillment in that. No, I'm not. I'm getting fulfillment out of every word that proceeds from the very mouth of God. Yes, bread sounds really good right now, but everything that I've tasted the last 21 days has been wonderful to my taste. I have fallen in love with God all over again. I have removed distractions. I was telling somebody just a minute ago, I never realized how many times I just naturally pull into just a drive-thru. 
Even if it's getting grilled nuggets or something like that, it's just like it's convenient, it's quick, it's easy. There's twice I caught myself just pulling in, and I'm like going towards the line, and I'm like, what am I even doing? <laughs> My natural driving home was just like, oh, let me go in here and get some grilled nuggets or something. Oh, let me go in here and get something over here. You know, and it's just, it just happened, but like I removed all of these distractions, and for the first time in a while, I've been able to just sit with God and just go, I'm not thinking about what I got to go eat. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to eat tomorrow. I'm not meal prepping. I'm just here with you, Lord. I'm here at this place with you. And when you get to a place like that, I spoke this over our church, that our appetite, our taste for the things of God would be so rich that these fake, fake foods of the world will disgust us. That we will want and desire so much of the kingdom of God that when we get things that the world come at us, we spit it out of our mouths. And I'm speaking spiritually here, okay? I'm not talking about you're going to go eat a burger and spit it out. Some of you, your, life's, your mind's going to blow when you take that first bite again, okay? I get it. I understand. I'm talking about your spirit, man. He has been consuming so much of the kingdom that he's like, man, this is good. And then we go right back to the trash we were putting in us before that. And we're trying to throw these things into something, and our spirit man's going, this is gross, this is not fulfilling. You just gave me prime rib steak for 21 days, and now you want to give me McDonald's McRibs? Yuck. In a moment that the enemy thinks that we are weak, do not let him make you think you are weak. You are not. You have spent 21 days fasting unto God. There are things moving in you that have not moved in a long time. Things stirring around you. And I want you to hear me today. Don't let him tell you you're weak because you are not. You are not. That is a tactic of the very enemy that tries to come to steal, kill, and destroy. You are strong enough to withstand the things of the enemy. He came right after. Then he goes down through some and he says, listen, he goes, um... Then the devil took him to a holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Again, the enemy knows the word. He will try to misshapen it. And you'll be like, Well, that is what the Bible says. But if you have a true relationship with the Lord and you've spent time with Him and you know His word, then you can be like Jesus and come back and go, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Yes. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Can I tell you something? There's something sweet about the fact that when the fast is over, you stand firm, there's ministering coming your way. There is, there is something, and, I, and I, I, I try not to use a lot of personal stories because I want, to, um, I want to preach Jesus, but there's something I'm learning in this fast particular. It ended on the 21st, and the last two days, there have been things that the, enemy, that the enemy has tried to throw up as distractions, and as I've turned them away, the Lord comes right behind it and ministers to me for the faithfulness of the word. And he just draws near, and he comes, and he says, I'm here. I'm here. And again, it was all because there was a well, as I've explained the past couple of weeks, being dug. And that when you need it, the source is there and it will never run dry. God has been so sweet these last couple of days. Even after the fast. 
because it was something that I disciplined and most of you in the room disciplined yourself and prepared yourself and now that ministering time has come. And he's drawing near and he's wrapping his arms around you and he's letting you know that it's all good. It's all good. I'm not going to say any names. Yesterday, I was preparing for my wife's um, birthday. 30 years old in the house. Praise the Lord. Hey, hey. Yeah. You cute, girl. You cute. Sorry, I totally took that to a left turn, but I was preparing for her birthday, and I just, I was watching something while I was peeling sweet potatoes, and I got up, and I went in the kitchen, and, and uh, man, the, the Holy Spirit hit me, and I just started praying in the Spirit. When I say I wasn't doing anything spiritual, I was watching like, uh, like an Adam Sandler movie or something on television. Like, it was just, just something in the background, hearing noise, I'd laugh every so often, something from like way back in the day, and I'm peeling potatoes. There was nothing spiritual going on in this moment. I get up, I walk in the kitchen, and the spirit just, wham. So I just start praying in the spirit. And I start crying, and I start laughing at the same time. It was so weird. And it wasn't weird. It was incredible. And then it felt like the Lord embraced me. Like I just felt an embrace. That's the way I explained it when I was talking to him about it. Fast forward about two to three hours, I get a text message from someone. I've been praying with this person about some reconciliation in the family. And, and reconciliation back to Jesus for one of their children. And so we've been praying about it through the fast. I get a text three hours later that says, hey, just want you to know, I prayed with, with my son today, and he gave his life to the Lord and was filled in the Holy Spirit at the very same time. Time out. The Holy Spirit said, ask him what time that was. I said, hey, you mind if I ask you what time it was? He was like, well, Eastern time, it was 11.30, 11.45. The time that I was in the kitchen praying in the spirit was 10.30 to 10.45. The very same time that that moment was happening, the Lord was doing something in my house in Atoka, Tennessee, somewhere in East Tennessee where I'm not even at, but the Spirit who is wonderful and omnipresent is doing all kinds of things, and the Holy Spirit said in that moment, I allowed you to feel the embrace that you've been praying for, for that Father. You felt it in that moment that a father-son exchanged happened. What you felt in your living room was taking place on the other side of the state. I have, I have set myself to a point this year, ladies and gentlemen, that if we're going to preach this thing and we're going to do this thing, let's live this thing. Let's live it. Let's not, I'm not about wasting time. I want to know why. If my coach told me to run, I want to know why. Don't make me run just because you want me to run. Why do I need? Because you need, to be, you need to be in better shape than the guy guarding you. So there is reason behind it. Okay, then I'll keep doing it. If we're coming to church, I'm not here to just play church. I'm not here to be cute about it and in 20 years be able to do something else in my life or whatever God has planned for me. I'm not here to be cute. I'm here to live the very word of God. I'm sick of the enemy discouraging people and we've become so non-sensitive to the things of God anymore. We've become so full of the things of the world that we, we just routinely, religiously come to church. Because it's what we're supposed to do. It helps us to feel better about our week because we came. And I'm just here to tell you today that in this moment that God is, is going to draw near to you and come close to you. And he's wanting to show himself true 
to Journey Church. And we're going to live in such a way that we believe it. We're going to live in such a way that we believe it. Write down James 4, 7. You're going to need this scripture over the coming days. James 4, 7. Submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. God has prepared you for this. You are ready. Do not call it quits. He has called you to this. He is strengthening you for it. Do not call it quits. Matthew chapter 12. We're going there today. Everybody good? I hope you're spirit man. Some of you, I wish we could like see spirit man sometime. Because some of you are like, and your spirit man's going, woohoo! Woohoo! Yeah! And I'm like, really? <laughs> uh, maybe that's just my thought. I don't know. Y'all get to see my spirit man in front of you all the time. Like, they're, everything, I can't hold it in. I just got to, like, Ric Flair woo it out sometimes. All right. Matthew chapter 12, 43 through 45. Another encouragement slash warning. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that person is worse than the first so also it will be with this evil generation. Some of you these past few days have been set free from some spiritual things that were fighting you. You gave them eviction notice. Gluttony, time to go. I'm getting control of food these 21 days. My marriage, this thing trying to separate this thing, you're out, time to go. We ain't playing this game no more. Fear, you're a spirit that was not created. You weren't. It says, I will go back to my house from which I came. If you got rid of fear, the word says that you were not created with a spirit of fear. So that thing actually has no residence in you. And you got to walk it out. And it is difficult to walk through fear, yes. But you got to be reminded that you are powerful and you can walk over those things. And see them gone. Depression, anxiety. Some of you kicked those things out. You kicked out worry. Yes, again, it is a process. They are real. That is not something that is made up. People really deal with depression and anxiety and worry and different things like that. I get it. And you need to seek help too from someone that knows how to talk that language. But as you're doing that in the physical, remember there is a spiritual thing going. That is a spiritual battle also. It is physical and it is spiritual. It's both. Okay, so I'm not downplaying it. If, you, if, you, if that is something you seriously deal with... I, I, we will pray with you and love on you and then try to help you get to someone that can help you in the physical, okay? Everybody hear me? Everybody understand? Okay, all right. Some of you have um, kicked crisis out of your life, confusion out of your life. So some of you have set, set free, you've, you've kicked things out of your mind. You let go of those things. Don't let that spirit come back to your mind. It's going to try and come back thinking it has the power to. Your house is going to be swept and kept up, and it's going to come even powerful. Don't quit. Don't quit. In your marriage, y'all live differently now. Y'all pray together. Y'all look at each other a little differently over these last couple of days. And God is restoring it because you've learned to love your spouse through God. You have restored it to a 
three-person marriage instead of just two people. When I say three-person, I mean that God has specifically created marriage for him to be in it. And a lot of us have kicked him out of it. If we could restore that and love our spouse through him, a lot of our problems would be fixed. And some of you have done that. Don't quit. In your finances, you started to tithe. I've gotten reports that people are like, I started tithing and giving an offering during the fast. And I've seen miracle after miracle in my finances happen. Don't quit. Don't let something that you're praising the Lord over break down and go, well, i got to take my tithe to pay for it. No, trust God. Continue to trust God. In your health, you realize, you realize some of you said no to certain foods for 21 days. You said no to sweets. You can still say no to sweets. Some of you said no to food altogether. You can still say no to bad foods and say yes to good foods. You have kicked the spirit of gluttony out. Do not let that thing come back. It will come back and try to come back with more power, but you do not have to let them back in. They don't have the authority. They do not have the authority. Listen to this. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. For those that did in this, did this fast in the pureness of heart, you will reap good. Don't give up. I've explained it this way. As a well, over and over and over and over. I've tried to explain it as a well so many times because it's so good. You don't dig two feet in the ground and get water. You have to dig to the depths of the earth to get water. And during the spiritual fasting, for some of you, you had already been digging before, and this just sped the process up. Some of you, you had to, the Lord had to soften the soil first. Some of you were in this 21-day fast just to soften the soil and prepare it for digging. Don't quit. Do not grow weary in doing well for in due season, because when you need the water, it will be there. It will be there. It will be there. I want to, this is a thought I had during prayer time. Everybody still good? Everybody still here? LinkedIn? All right. Here's a thought that the Lord gave me, and I want to speak this to our church. We have to get to a place where we are so confident in God and that his will is perfect. That means his way truly is better than ours. We have preached in a way that the church believes God does what we want him to do. A lot of us live in that way. A lot of people have walked away from God because he didn't do what they wanted him to do. But living for God means submitting to his will. Submitting to his ways. He is a good God. He will do what is best for us. We have to trust in him. The problem is... We trust in the outcome and the circumstance more than we trust in Him. The outcome or the circumstance is different than the way we planned it in our minds. It must have been God going wrong. It had to have been God because I prayed. I did all the things and God's going, no, you didn't need that house. That wasn't the one I had planned for you. You can't afford it in three years when recession hits and you have no more finances and you're struggling. But I got to have that house. That's my, I walked around it. It's mine. God says, hey, you didn't need that position in that moment because I have something else I'm orchestrating from you. We have to live in such a way. And yes, my flesh is screaming saying this right now. 
Because there are certain things that I'm praying for in my life that I would love to see him come through the way I see it. I'm not lying to you. But we've got to get to a place where if we do really trust God, whatever the outcome, oh God, you are still good and still faithful. It is not about the outcome because if it is, you're worshiping the outcome, not God. You are putting circumstances on your worship and we are not created to put circumstances on our worship. Well, if you do good, then I'll be good and I'll do what you want me to do. But all of us know in this room, there are things that people around us want to do and we see it a mile away. And you're going, don't do that. Don't go there. I know it looks good, sounds good, smells good, feels good, but it ain't good. I promise you, you're headed for destruction and you're screaming it and God's going the same thing. And so many of his kids are walking away from him because they're worshiping the outcome and the circumstance more than they're worshiping him. Lord, it didn't come out the way I felt it and my my flesh is crushed. I am so broken over how this went. I saw it going a totally different way. But God, Jesus, how did you say it? If it can, let this cup pass from me. It's too heavy to bear. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I said this on Wednesday night. Jesus still to the point of death. A lot of people think God doesn't want us to go through sufferings. But Jesus had to go through the cross to bring us to eternity. There was purpose behind God's will. Not because he hated Jesus. Not because he wanted him to suffer death. But because there was a bigger picture in plan. Get your eyes off of your own little life and realize there are trillions of people that are walking the earth and there is eternity at hand. My eyes are on the one that says, you go left, I go left. You say go right, I'll go right. There is no road there. I don't care because the very fire and the cloud that led the children of Israel dwells in me and is going to lead me that way. Territory I ain't never seen before. I've lived in Egypt for 400 years. I have no clue where the promised land is. But he does. And if it tells me to go, we always talk about how it made them wander in the wilderness. There was purpose to that. Because they didn't trust in him. They didn't believe in him. He said, we're going to teach you a lesson then. And we're going to move it. But, but we have to get to a place where we are so confident in God that his will is perfect. His will is perfect. And for some of you in the room, I want to side note this. As a pastor, hear this heart. Some of the believers in the room who are struggling and most things in your life is going sideways, you didn't even consider fasting with the church. Mm. It didn't even cross your mind. For some, your vision is so distorted you can't even see anything clearly in your life and something that brings such clarity, you didn't even give it a thought. Hmm. You're in darkness, you're in confusion, you're in a wilderness and you're trying to wander around without the fire in the cloud. And you're questioning God's existence. And it ain't even him. We're so blinded by pride that we don't want to give up the throne of our heart for 21 days to let God speak and do what he wants to. Oh, Jesus.
You might have life messed up because you're on the throne that you have no place sitting on. You control way too much. Way too much in your life. And it's the main cause to why things are not going right. All the ways of man are clean in his own sight. But God weighs the motives. Proverbs 16.2 Because you didn't fast doesn't mean you don't go to heaven. Jesus is the way to heaven. Fasting is not. But my heart is heavy and I'm, 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 I'm carrying the weight of this because I hear so many people that are just hurting and lost and broken and they're sitting in the church and the one thing that they could have given the throne up just for 21 days, they, could, they didn't even think about it. They didn't even want to do it. That ain't something I'm going to do. That ain't nothing I'm going to do. Some people are like, fast. A fast. Hosea 6.6 6 says it like this. I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. I don't want your sacrifices. I want your love. Hosea 6.6. 6. I don't want your offerings. I want you to know me. So continue to fight. To continue to give up things in your life. If you're in the room today, the reason I said that this is for everyone, there are things that I talked about at the beginning, but for some in the room, if there's things in, if you didn't fast these last 21 days, I said it every week, you can do it today. You can do it tomorrow. Just because we said it as 21 as a church, that was a corporate thing, but fasting is a discipline and a rhythm of the believer's life. And it brings clarity. It brings direction. It brings so much into our lives. And for me, the moment of standing in my kitchen being held by the Spirit was enough. I didn't even have to get the text from that dude to let me know what was going on at the same exact time because I was being embraced by the Holy Spirit. Mm. He's worth it. He's worth it. TV ain't worth it. Sports, team, sports teams let me down so much. All the, all the number one seeds in the room said Amen. They let us down. The things of this world let us down, but he never does. He never does. And again, because if we're focused on the outcome and the circumstance, if we're focused on those things, it will always be a letdown because you're, you're trusting in a thing of the world, not in God. So continue to fight. Give up things in your life for the purpose of getting closer to God and fast more throughout the year. Doesn't have to be 21 days. Make it one day a month. Do three days a month. Do a week of the month. Whatever you feel like God is telling you to do, I'm not going to set that for you. I'm, I'm putting that in my own personal life, but I also want to encourage you to do that in your personal life as well. Don't grow weary. You've got this. Trust the Lord. So proud of those in the room who have committed and stuck to this thing. I haven't had a chance to really put out a lot on social media these past 21 days but God sees you. He is proud of you, and he's a rewarder of your faith. Whether it was for four days at the end, whether it was for 14 days, one day, he sees your sacrifice, and he's the rewarder of your faith. My prayer coming out of this is this, and then we'll close. My prayer is that your faith was strengthened and that you will commit to making at least two major faith steps this year. Just two. Two major faith steps. Maybe it's start tithing and trusting God. Maybe it's giving an offering over and above. Maybe it's getting involved on a serve team here at Journey Church. 
Maybe God has been dealing with you about your occupation change. Take a step of faith this year. Shake up your evening routine to incorporate more God time for the whole family. Hey, we got rid of TV for 21 days. We're going to do it one day a week. Monday nights, we don't sit down and watch TV together. We sit down and we talk about Jesus together. We get the Bible out. We read it together. Get a children's Bible. Something. That's a huge step of faith. But that is training your child in the way they should go so that when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Tell someone about Jesus. Witness to somebody. Witness to somebody. I heard it explained this way. I think it's a great way. Maybe it's a church way to say it. It's like you're walking around with a treasure in your pocket that if you gave it to someone, it could bring so much freedom in their lives. I mean, it's like having like $5 million in your pocket and you gave $5 million to somebody, they could pay everything off, they could get the vehicles they need to get and like live healthy. I'm not talking about overspending people, I'm just talking about period. Everything in their life will go. You have that. His name is Jesus. And not only will it fix the physical things, it will fix the spiritual things. And that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Let's tell people about Jesus this year. We could go on and go on, and, but you've got to make your mind up about it. Pick two things. Not, not just necessarily the ones that I said. Think of something. What's something that would be a major step of faith for you? And then do it and trust God and watch God be faithful in doing it. If you didn't fast, you can start today. There's no excuse not to. And also, if you'll do me this favor, I wanted to take this moment before I close. I'm going I'm to do this so you know I'm done. Everybody's like, no, that Bible's still open. I ain't, I ain't, you ain't tricking me. You ain't tricking me. We sent out, we do an email newsletter. If you'd like to sign up for that, um, we'd love to help you do that. But we put out two questions. So if you're in the room today and you fasted, here's what I want you to do. The first one is, what has been your favorite part about this whole fast? If you fasted, what was your favorite part? And then those of you in the room that I know are going to fast after today, and again, I'm not expecting you to go just give up lunch today. Prepare your heart. Prepare your spirit. Start tomorrow morning. Do it for three days. What was your favorite part about it? Message the church Facebook page. Secondly, what is a testimony that you have from this fast? What is a testimony that you have? Listen, a lady's testimony at a well saved an entire city. There is, and you can read it. You can read it in John 4, 4. She comes back, and the people of the city say, we came because of your story of your testimony, but we no longer believe because of it. We believe because of him. We believe because of him now. Your testimony gets people to Jesus. Share your testimony. So again, what we're trying to do is compile a bunch. We're going to video them, and we're going to start producing them for people to be able to see so that your faith can be encouraged that God is still doing what he said he would do. God is still being faithful to his word. It is still happening. I mean, we're watching like People trying to sell homes for a long time, nothing was moving. They fasted. At the end of the fast, they got closing dates now. I'm talking about all kinds of things. I'm talking about people who needed oxygen throughout the week, walking without it. We're talking about just faith being strengthened, things happening inside of us, room, people, your name being mentioned in rooms that you hadn't even walked into yet. Like there's some incredible things happening in Journey Church, but we can't hold them and keep them to ourselves. There's power in our testimony, so share it. Again, message the Facebook page, the Journey Church Millington one, where you watch the services at. You can message that, or you can, um, uh, yeah, put it there. That's where we want them to go, okay? Put them in there. For some of you, you might not have an answer to that second one right away, and that's okay. You didn't fail at fasting if you haven't had a testimony out of it. 
Because again, this is for the days to come. And when that thing does come through, let us know about it. Let us know about it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, we love you so much. We just give you the praise and the glory and the honor. We are so thankful for who you are. We're thankful that, God, you go before us and you prepare a way for us. You've given us this word to encourage us, Lord. There are some in the room that still don't even know what fasting is. Maybe this is their first Sunday with us this year. Um, May they go back and watch the messages on YouTube and be encouraged about fasting. But, Lord, I, I, I just I thank you that you, you've given us a warning and told us the enemy is going to try to discourage and distract, but we have the power to not bow to it, that we still have victory in you. And all the things that we're believing for, God, we're going to begin to see you move on the behalf of it and that we are going to get to a place that we trust you so much that your way is perfect. It might not look and feel the way I wanted it to, But God, you're still God and you're still doing it. May we worship God and not circumstances and outcomes anymore. But be focused on the one that has our best in mind, that can see beyond time, sees before the here and now, God. Thank you for it. Lord, those in the room that didn't even consider it, Lord, my heart breaks. It really is a weight. I know I got emotional, but that's real because we've, we've just become so routine in coming to church that the, the spiritual aspects of this life as a believer don't even stir us anymore. We've been so numb to it, God. But I'm praying, Lord, that they would be shaken up, that their hearts would be softened again, and you would renew to them the joy of your salvation. We love you, Lord, and we thank you today. We praise your name, God. You're in the room. This wasn't a particular salvation message, but it's been a couple of weeks and I haven't asked. And I don't, I don't want you to have come today with the intentions to give your heart to God and not have given that opportunity. You don't have to come to an altar to get saved. It's a confession of your heart and mouth, believing and trusting in God and asking him to forgive you and to be Lord of your life. But if you're in the room today and you say, you know what, pastor, I came today with that intention or you're in the room, you're like, I didn't come with that intention, but you know what? I, there's some things in my life the Lord revealed to me today through the service, and I need to get my life right today. I just need to give my life back to him and be committed to him again and start this thing fresh. That's you in the room. If you will, on the count of three, all I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand. I'm not going to have you come forward today or stand up. We just want to pray with you today and believe God with you today. So if you're in the room, on the count of three, just raise your hand. Hold it up until I see you. Um, one. Two, three. That's you in the room. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, if you'll stand with me today, the whole church, everybody up. We're going to pray this prayer together. If you were in the room and you raised your hand, and you put your hand up and you said, I want to give my life to the Lord. Again, there's a connection card in front of you um, that you, some, if you were a visitor, you filled one of these out already. But if you'll do me a favor, after we pray this prayer, take that card, fill it out, and just bring it to the office. 
Um, our, our offer secretary will be in there. And we want to get your name because we want to call you because now there's a walk that you got to walk. There's a life that you are now going to get to live. And we want to help you with that walk. We want to help you and not just set you up for failure. So if you will do that for me after we pray this prayer, just fill it out at your leisure and then bring it by the office when this is all done. But every head bowed and every eye closed, just church, let's repeat this prayer together. If, this is your, if you raised your hand, this is your prayer. This is you genuinely asking the Lord. So we just say, Lord, we pray that you would come and forgive me of my sin. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that saves me and wipes the slate clean. I declare today that I am a child of God, a citizen of heaven, and I will live my life as you being my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for that prayer, God. We thank you for those in the room that prayed it. Some people in this room just came from death to life, spiritually. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would just overwhelm their hearts, let them know how loved they are, how valued they are, that you sent your son for them. And we just give you the praise and the glory, God. I thank you for your people. Pray that you would bless us today. And we just give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Can we praise the Lord for salvation in the house today? Hey, thank you, Lord.